I'm gonna do a two-part series called Signs and Seasons, Signs and Seasons. And uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna use the story of Jesus as he begins his journey to Jerusalem, as he begins his journey to the cross. Uh, I, I wanna start with that story and work uh, through some things that I think are gonna be very important for you, your life, and whatever is remaining of your life. But Genesis chapter one, we're gonna start in verse 14. And I'm gonna read through verse, verse 18. This is, what, this is what the Bible says. It says, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. One translation says signs and seasons. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars and God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. This is what, this is what God does, not just in his creation, but this is what God does in your life. He separates. He makes distinguishments. We, we talked about his word and how his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides so clearly and so thoroughly. It divides the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It uses a natural illustration. It says bone and marrow. That's a clear division. That's a, that's a very strong separation. And the Bible says this about it. And then God saw it and he said it was good. Isn't that awesome? I mean, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that comes to identify, to clarify. We thank you, Jesus, that you are not the author of confusion. You are a God of clarity. You don't want your people to live in confusion. You want them to see clearly. Even in your word where it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store, it doesn't stop there. It says, but by his spirit, he reveals his plans to those who love it. May our eyes be open to see your plans in a greater way, to see the signs in the seasons. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. I want you to go to Luke chapter nine, and this is really the place where we're gonna get our thought from today. Luke chapter nine and uh, verse 51 Luke 9 and 51. Now, I'm gonna be reading from the New King James Version, and you can follow along with me if, if you want to, or you can read from your version if you'd like to. It's all good, but I'm gonna start in verse 51, and I'm just gonna read a few verses here, and this is gonna be the launching pad for today's thought, signs and seasons. Now, it came to pass, this is verse 51, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. A lot of times I, I get people 
ask me, when are you going to preach that hellfire? When are you going to? When are you going to scare people? I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? God did not come to destroy people's lives. He came to save them. Now, I absolutely believe in hell. But can I, can I tell you what? Can I tell you something? That Jesus didn't come to burn you up with hell. Jesus came to keep you from burning up in hell. And I think we spend so much time condemning people to hell that we don't realize, hey, there's actually this salvation thing. <laughs> It's actually, it's, it's called good news for a reason. All right, okay. And they went to another village, the Bible says. I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's one of the most overlooked things um, in, our, in our teaching. Uh, as, we, as we teach God's people, um, when, when we talk about the timing of the Lord, timing of the Lord. Genesis tells us that when he was creating, he set things up and he clearly set up the sun and the moon and the stars to, to signal of signs and seasons. And if you're not careful, uh, you'll look at your life and you'll think that you are the product of your circumstance. You'll think that you are the, you are the product of some coincidences or just some moments in your life. Can I tell you, your life is not an accident. You're not a product of coincidence. You are not a product of just chance. I've said this before, and I will repeat it. Nobody sneaks into the earth. Nobody shows up. God was like, whoa, I didn't know they were coming. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody sneaks into the earth. That's why, that's why no life is insignificant. No life. Not even the life of a person who has been abused. Uh, not even the life of a person who has been discarded and, dis and unwanted. Not even the life that occurs out of the most horrific situations. Rape. Incest. Even those lives matter to God. See, people see that as punishment, but God sees it as a prize for what you went through. You were abused. You were mistreated. The child is not punishment. Don't punish the child. The child is God saying, out of this horrible situation, I want to give you something beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful than a child. That might not be popular to say in today's culture, but I'm not running for president, so I don't give a lick what the polls say. I, I'm a preacher of the gospel. So when it, people ask me all the time, what, what's your opinion on that? And I'm like, I, I don't have an opinion. I'm a preacher. I've got a word from God that I live my life by. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have the... I don't have the, the opportunity to have opinion. I have to preach his word. And I have to declare his word. And the Bible teaches us that while we were in the womb of our mother, that God was involved in that. And if I believe that, I believe that about every situation. That's why I do not believe that a child that is born with a disability is a problem or God making a mistake. I believe that they are a solution to a problem. 
Do you know that many diseases have been cured because of babies that were born with disabilities? Many problems have been solved, so their life wasn't an accident, they were the solution. They looked like a problem, but they actually were the answer to a problem. So you gotta understand signs and seasons, and you have to first of all value every life. Because if you don't value every life, then you will not consider your life. Somewhere deep inside, if you don't value every single life, then somewhere inside of you, you do not truly believe that your life matters. That's why the Bible says, hey, if you're truly gonna love people, you should love them as you love your self. You can't truly love people until you love Yourself. <laughs> wow. So here in Luke chapter 9, 51, we see something about Jesus. The Bible says this. The Bible says Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Why did he set his face to go to Jerusalem? Because the Bible says the time had come. The time had come. <sighs> Do you know how to discern signs and seasons? Do you know what time it is? And I'm not, it's up on the wall if you're wondering. It's 9.41 a.m. But, but more than that, I'm not asking what time it is as far as the time on a clock. I'm, let me get more specific. Do you know when it's your time? Do you even know what season you are in? Or have you been spending so much of your time comparing your life to other people You've lost sight of your life, and now you are comparing your life to others, and now you think that the trajectory of your life is off because you've looked at somebody else's trajectory. You've looked at somebody else's growth, you've looked at somewhere, somewhere somebody else's, and you begin to measure your life by their life, and that's why the Bible says it's unwise, it's not wisdom, it's not discernment when you look at other people and you compare your life to other people because they could be in a completely different season than you, completely different time than you, and you're looking at the signs of their life, and you're missing out on your season because you've got season envy. You're looking at somebody in the spring, and you're like, why is my life in winter? Because that's the season of your life. Not everybody goes into spring at the same time. Not everybody is on the same schedule. Not everybody is perfect like, 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 like them, and they got married, and you know, a year in, they had a baby, and it was perfect, and they bought a house, and they got the white picket fence, and they got a Honda Civic. Not everybody, not everybody's journey looks like that. So the fact that you're comparing your life with other people means that you don't understand signs and seasons. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Can you turn there with me? Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. I was just gonna tell you the verse, but I'm just gonna read it to you. 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Time to be born, time to die, time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, 
a time to dance. I like those times. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Did you notice there is a time for and a time to not do the thing that it is time for? Notice when God created the stars and the sun and the moon, he divided and he said there are basically two times. There is the morning and there is the night. There is the day and there is the night time. You have to understand that there are gonna be days in your life where there isn't laughter. You have to understand that there are gonna be days in your life where it is time to speak and then there are gonna be days where it is time to say Nothing at all. And if you don't recognize these times, you will miss out on seasons. You will miss out on times because your life is not a, a, a series of events. Your life is not a series of, of moments. Your life is not a series of coincidences. Your life is really a series of appointments. Even your death is appointed. Even the time you die, it is appointed by God. Psalm 139 and 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So watch this. To fully engage your purpose, you must understand the signs and the seasons of your life. How do, I, how do I begin to to understand the signs and seasons of my life? If it's that important, how do I see and recognize the signs and the seasons of my life? Let me give you a scripture. Luke chapter 19 41 through 44. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. The Bible says Jesus, as, as he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. This is Jesus prophesying to the Jewish people. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you into the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. Why? Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 16 says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of time. In, in other words, it's saying buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Watch this. God will give you, you an opportunity, but will you give yourself to the opportunity? God will open a door, but will you walk through the open doors? Robbie, how do I recognize my season. First of all, you have to get wisdom and understanding. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 5, it says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. My dad told me when I was younger, he said, Robbie, I promise you it will change your life if you will read a chapter of Proverbs every day. You have a book in your Bible that is all about wisdom and you don't mess with it, you don't touch it, you don't look at it, you don't research it, you don't go through it. And most of us spend our life saying, I don't know what to do. What do I do next? And God said, I wrote a whole book. And, and, and this, is, this is our frustration with God is we, we want God to give us stuff fully formed. God said, that is not how I operate. I, I, when, you, when you ask for a chair, I don't give you a chair, I give you a tree. And I give you, <laughs> I give you time and I give you wisdom to take that tree and build a chair. This is our frustration with God. This is, most of, this is where we get so upset and don't understand God. Is we're like, God, why haven't you done it? And God said, I actually have already made a way for it. I'm waiting on you to get the wisdom to take what I've already given you and make what I've given you the ability to make on your own. He said, I give you the power to get wealth. He didn't say, I give you wealth. I'm not just gonna drop thousands of dollars in your bank account. You're not gonna wake up tomorrow morning and get an anonymous donation from God. You showed up to church, I'm gonna just drop a little 10, 10 mil in your, uh, your bank account tomorrow morning. No, he will give you an idea. He will give you inspiration. He will, he will impart ideas and he will give thoughts and he will give you wisdom, but you have to work it out on your own. Can somebody say amen? This is what bothers us. It's like, when, when, it's like doing math without a calculator. It's like we went through school and we thought we learned math, but we didn't learn math. We learned how to do math on a calculator. But you take the calculator away, what are we left with? Uh, like I know my times tables. And this is the way we live most of our Christian life. Like, like, like we, whew, the preacher becomes our calculator. Help me, Jesus, because I got to say this, even though I'm the, I'm the guy that they're going to get mad at me, because, but, but I got to tell them, because what happens is you, you, treat, you treat people who preach and teach like they're the calculator. And, and, and when you get out there by yourself and you don't have the calculator, you, you call, I need my pastor. Well, why do you need your pastor? Because you've been living your Christian life not truly learning, but you've been using a calculator. And I'm just telling you the same Bible that I read is the same one you read. I didn't get a teacher's edition. I didn't get a teacher's edition with all the answers. You get the same Bible. You get the same one. I, I, God did not give the preachers the one with all of the answers and give you the one with the fill in the blank. That's not how it works. You have access to the same scripture. Stop using the preacher as a calculator. I 
I'm just trying to help somebody because this is what, this is what you need to understand. You're going to need God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And this week I was in Orlando with my family. I'm not answering your phone call. What you need to understand, you need to understand signs and seasons in your life. You need to get wisdom, get understanding. Listen, even Jesus himself, he didn't come out of the womb spitting scripture. He didn't come out of the womb understanding and having knowledge of everything. The Bible teaches us that Jesus actually grew in wisdom, grew in his knowledge, that he spent time listening and understanding and being taught. Watch this. This is how humble Jesus was. The same one who created the world and created everyone in the world is now sitting at the feet learning from the people he created. This is the humility of Jesus, that even Jesus was teachable. And some of you think you've been educated so much that nobody can tell you nothing. And you're not teachable anymore. You're not trying to understand anymore. You're not sitting at anybody's feet anymore saying, I need some understanding. I need some wisdom for my life. See, it's one thing to come to church and, and ask for wisdom and understanding and get it. But it's another thing to say, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of a test of life. I need, I need, I need. Well, God said, I, I want to give you, I want to give you wisdom and understanding so that when you go through the test of life, you're not looking for the calculator. You've learned how to work these problems on your own. You got to get it. Jesus, he, he didn't come out, out of the womb like rebuking Pharisees and having scripture battles. Like, I think, I think everybody pictures Jesus as like, if he was like in our classrooms, he would win all the sword fights. Do you remember sword fights back in the day? They'd be like, turn to James chapter two, verse one. And everybody'd be like, psh, psh, psh. and the little goody two shoot homeschool kid in the in the class would be like, psh, psh, I'm there. <laughs> you remember that? We think this would be this is how Jesus. No, no, no. That, he, he's just he's just growing up like every other kid. He's growing in wisdom, pursuing God, developing his own personal relationship with God. He got. Wisdom. He was willing to not just be taught by the Father, but he was willing to be taught by people. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> he literally wrote their DNA. And he's sitting there like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Wow, that's good. Thank you. He's literally putting them together in the womb of their mother and they're holding his hand teaching him how to write letters. This is the humility of Jesus showing us. Jesus was always doing stuff not because he had to do it but because he wanted to set an example for us. Jesus got baptized not because Jesus needed to be baptized. He got baptized for two reasons. To fulfill scripture but to set an example for us. To say if Jesus needed to get baptized People are like, I don't want to get baptized. I don't believe in that. Why would you not believe in something Jesus did? If Jesus needed to be taught, how much more do you and I need to be taught? So you got to get wisdom. Second thing, you got to get quiet. 
Jesus spent so much time with the Father while he was here that it's truly remarkable. The Bible's very clear. I'm gonna give you three verses where it talks about Jesus kind of separating from the crowd, getting into a quiet place with, with his Father. The Bible says this in Luke 5, 15 through 16. Great crowds gathered to hear him be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Mark 1.35 says, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. Can I, can I tell you something? If you, only, if you only visit with the Father while it's light and you don't go to the light while it's dark, you're missing something. It's not just about getting up early. It's not just about doing it first, even though those are important things. There's something about going to the light while it's dark. The Bible says Jesus would do that. Mark chapter six, verse 46. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. It was a necessity for Jesus. He wasn't escaping his responsibilities. He wasn't a loner. He wasn't isolating himself because he was so tired of people. No, he knew that he needed time with God to be at his best. Third thing, get relationships. Get wisdom, get quiet, get relationships. Genesis 41, this is, this is such an interesting story, not necessarily because of, of the fact that Joseph was able to interpret a dream that Pharaoh was having. But for me, this story is so interesting because God isn't giving the dream to Joseph. He's giving the dream to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's not a believer. Pharaoh isn't godly. He doesn't serve the same God as Joseph, but God is giving Pharaoh the dream, Joseph the interpretation. Could it be that your desire to quarantine yourself off from the world is actually making you miss signs and seasons in your life? <laughs> what, what, what if God, what if you hate your boss, but your boss is hearing from God something about your life, but if, if you keep hating, you'll never be able to hear the dream that God wants you to interpret. See, a lot of people are like, Pharaoh needed Joseph. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or he wouldn't have been able to interpret the dream, but Joseph needed Pharaoh or there would be no dream. And Joseph would have gone through the same famine that was coming for everybody had he not got a 
dream to interpret from Pharaoh? What if the sign you need, the wisdom for the season that you need, is coming from a source you don't expect? But because you've quarantined yourself off relationally, you'll never get that information. Whew. Some of, some of y'all are in this place and you have made up in your minds the types of people you will not talk to, associate with, deal with, be in any sort of relationship with. If you just look at your friendship circle, you'll look at it and you'll realize that everybody in your friendship circle is just like you. God is saying, I need, I need, sometimes I need to put a Pharaoh in your life. Sometimes I need to give a dream to somebody that you don't think a dream can come through. Now, was it important? Absolutely, it was important. Why was it important? Because in this dream, God revealed to Joseph that there were going to be seven years of famine Seven years of plenty. Seven years of plenty first, and then seven years of famine. And he gave Joseph a plan, a strategy for the seasons of life. So what did they do? For seven years, they gathered, but they saved. They gathered and they saved. Why? Because famine was coming. Can I, can I say something to you right now that, that you need to understand in your life? There may be years in your life that feel like famine. Are you willing to be faithful to God through seven years of famine? Think about the life. We celebrate John the Baptist, but look at John the Baptist's life. He lived 30 years just being, being a, a wild man out in the wilderness. He preached for a couple years and then his life ended up, he was beheaded for the sake of the gospel. He lived the same period of time as Jesus. He was out in the wilderness, not being celebrated by anybody. For a couple years he experienced ministry and then he ultimately died being beheaded for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you look at that life, you would say, man, that wasn't very successful. but his life was guided by signs and seasons. See, that's why you can never compare your circumstance, your situation to anybody else's because God isn't gonna work for you and do for you the same thing in the same way he does for everybody else. Just because your neighbor got a house doesn't mean you're getting a house. Just because your best friend got a house doesn't mean you get one. Just because your friend had a baby doesn't mean you're gonna have a baby. Sometimes there are years and years of famine Watch this, you might not recognize, you might not understand it, you might not be able to make it through it if you don't prepare the seven years prior. And so many people quit on God in a famine because they didn't prepare for the seven years prior. Can I, can I, can I tell you something, this is important you got to get wisdom. 
You have got to get quiet. And church, you have got to get relationships. You're you're not merely a moment away. You're, You're not really even a season away. Sometimes you are a person away from your life changing completely. And if you isolate yourself behind your computer screen on your Facebook and Instagram all day long, you'll never meet the Pharaoh that had the dream that was going to save you. You, you, I know this is a lot for a Sunday morning. But I wanted to, I wanted to, I need you, I need you to hear this because God works in signs and in seasons. The Bible says in Galatians about when Jesus came, it said, when the time had fully come, God sent his son into the earth. Jesus could not have come a hundred years prior and it been as effective as it was. The reason Jesus came when he came was because everything in the world had been set up for Jesus to come at that particular time. If you look at history, even history is setting itself up for that moment. 400 years of silence looks like God isn't doing anything, but when it looks like God isn't doing anything, he's actually doing everything. He is behind the scenes preparing. And one of the things we need to understand, even when Jesus came, do we do we know that when Jesus came that the most expansive and, 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 and clear path of transportation had been developed that the world had ever seen. So when the gospel is preached and it is first delivered, thousands of people get saved on the day of Pentecost. And because transportation is so great, it's at the best it has ever been in human history. People leave Jerusalem, they leave the city, and they're able to go all over the known world and preach the gospel. Why? Because Jesus came at the right time. Jesus, Jesus when, when his mom said, hey, would you, would you, would you help this wedding out? Would you, would, you ta- would you give them, help them get some more wine for the wedding? He said, he said, woman, it's not my time yet. Watch this, Luke 9. When the time had come for his crucifixion, his revelation, his moment, he knew it. And the Bible says he set his face. See, if you, don't, if you don't know when it's your time, you'll waste your time. And you'll spend your life, your wheels will keep spinning. And you'll be like the people of God in the wilderness. You'll be, you'll, you'll be on a 40-year journey that should have taken you only a few days. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't just come to church and hear the word. Apply the word. Study it for yourself. Do whatever you've got to do to make sense of that Bible. Don't just look at it and say, that's too complicated. I can't understand that. Uh, Leviticus is weird. No, it's not weird. There's a purpose for Leviticus. There's actually a book called Numbers. There's a purpose for it. There, there's, there's lineage, and we look at it. What's the lineage all about? Why do they got to list all that? There's purpose in every aspect of the Bible. There's no comma that's an accident. There's no period that's an accident. It's all there on purpose, and it's for your benefit. Don't let it sit on the counter any longer. Gathering dust, pick it up, consume it, eat it daily. Take advantage of the word that gives life. And it will change your life. He said, I read it a lot. You don't read it enough. I, I read it every day. You could read it more. I study all the time. No, you can study more. 
It's the most important book on your shelf. It's the most important book in your repertoire. It's the most important book, and all the series of books is more important than Harry Potter. It's more important than the Lord of the Rings. And I understand you love all of that, but it's more important. He's got more to say than C.S. Lewis. He's got more to say than Rick Warren. He's got more to say than Joel Osteen. He's got more to say than all of them. And I love all of them, but they don't have the wisdom that the Bible has. And the wisdom they got, they took it from the Bible anyway. The message I'm preaching didn't come out of my head. It came from the Bible. I'm just telling you, this Bible will change your life. Will you stand on your feet? give God praise for the word of God that is life to your bones and strength to your spirit.